Slasher, and I must be stopped. You're a what? A slasher. Of prices. <laughs> Just kidding. I'm Simon Skinner. I run the local supermarché. Pop in and see me sometime. My discounts are criminal. Cause white lies blow away. Blow! <laughs> Uh, get higher, baby. Uh, get higher, baby. Uh, get higher, girl. Uh. <laughs> Is he good? Whatever you have waiting for you in Columbus, I promise you it ain't any prettier than our friend here enjoying her manwich. And that was Woody Harrelson from a great flick called Zombieland. This is episode 27, part two, picking up right where we left off. Um, <clears throat> so my number three, uh, I don't know if I told you I was going to see this or not. Um, it was a movie called Dead Snow. Oh, okay, yeah. I saw the trailer to it. Okay. So this is, um, I guess this would be our first foreign entry um, into our lists, right? Um it's it's filmed in the Norwegian wilderness. Uh, I can't pronounce the director's name. I'm sorry, so I'm not even gonna try to butcher his name. Uh, <laughs> it's what is it? Uh, this was from 2009, um, and the director's name's well, I, his last name's Workola. I think it's Workola. Sorry, uh, but the, whoever directed this movie was definitely a horror fan, hands down. Um, it has a lot of hilarious death scenes that are similar to Evil Dead. It's almost, to me, uh, like a, um, I guess it would be like an Evil Dead in the snow, basically, the way I look at it. Um, <clears throat> and yeah, there's a lot of hilarious death scenes similar to Evil Dead. Um, the story's about some medical students that are going away to like stay in a cabin in the Norwegian wilderness. Uh, to go like you know snowboarding go like snowmobiling and stuff mm -hmm. and they end up um you know partying in the cabin and everyone's having a good time and you know one of the like there's different lines in the movie that you could, like one of the characters is like a movie like a cinephile movie nerd and stuff and he's always like quoting different parts from movies and um there's a scene where they're like since it's cold where they are there's like this open floor uh, like compartment that's kind of supposed to work like a fridge 
and that's where they're keeping like their beers and stuff in there and when he reaches down in there he finds like a little uh like a little treasure chest right with stuff in it and then they put it up on the table and like they open it and it's like gold like lights up the room and everything and then the guy even says the line from indiana jones he's like fortune and glory kid which Uh. is like you know that line uh from indiana i think from the temple of doom and it's just funny man because so while they're there and they find this stuff someone knocks on the door really hard boom 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 and then some guy who just like hey can i come in and have a coffee right and then he's like he basically uh insults these med students and he's like yeah you you asshole kids just come out here to have fun but you have no idea what happened in these mountains and basically it's like there's a curse on those mountains and spoilers i'm not trying to give away any of it if you've never seen this movie definitely and you're a fan of this genre watch this movie uh it's that good um you know if you can get over subtitles or you can probably find like a english speaking dubbed version on netflix or something like that um but it's uh it's basically um about uh a evil it's like an evil dead dude it's like honestly oh, okay. like a, it's honestly like a like a foreign evil dead um yeah so they're like they find the treasure this guy tells them about the mountains this curse and he says you know nazis came up to these mountains after the war to hide but these this particular group of nazis you know stole like a bunch of you know trinkets from people like valuables and stuff mm-hmm. and they hid them somewhere in the mountain and they're always looking for them right at night so they're always looking for them or whatever so put two and two together right like right before that happened um you know they found that little treasure like stuff and so little by little deaths start happening so one girl goes out to the outhouse and she gets killed like she sees something walking around the outhouse and it's one of these like zombie undead zombies and i won't say they're not necessarily zombies they're basically undead whatever because they're they're not like they're following orders because there's like a main one that's telling everyone to go look for the treasure got it okay <clears throat> it's funny just because these these are like uh, like army of darkness you know brain dead kind of you know splatter splat stick uh it's like the deaths are over the top there's one scene where this guy gets pulled out of the cabin and he basically gets split in half by these uh nazis and it's like it's just and his brain falls on the floor because he gets split in half but his brain was perfectly fine so it's just like <laughs> shit's retarded it's like glory oh over the top um but yeah it's funny man the i won't give too much away from it because you guys definitely should check it out um i'll say one scene spoilers the funniest scene to me um is when one of the med students is fighting all these nazis off with an axe and he's like, you know, he's fighting them off, fighting them off, and he gets bit on one of his arms. Yeah. And he thinks back to that movie nerd guy who ends up dying at a different point. Sorry, spoilers. <laughs> he thinks back to when he told him, if you get bit by a zombie, you got to cut off your arm so the, the zombie sickness doesn't spread. So when he gets bit, he grabs his chainsaw, cuts off his arm, right? Yeah. Right there, and, he's, and he burns his arm because he's a med student, so he says to stop the bleeding. And right, not even ten seconds after that happens, he gets, he gets bit in the crotch by another zombie coming out the snow. <laughs> oh my gosh! Well, you know what you got to do. You did it the first time. <laughs> so no, and then at that point he just yells, he just screaming like in frustration, like ah, just cutting, like kind of like cut off your arm, dude. So <laughs> <laughs> he 
he's like pissed like oh, why did i cut off my arm and i got yeah. it anyway oh man because these aren't the type of they don't you don't turn you know and there's evidence because early in the movie someone else gets bitten they don't turn into zombie or whatever but so then what happens they just like they just have the bite and that's it or yeah they just have a bite and they're just oh, okay. you know yeah it, it's funny man it's definitely something you guys should check out um you know i won't give too much more away from it but if you've never seen dead snow definitely check it out there's even a sequel it's called uh dead snow 2 i think it's called red versus dead uh, oh okay okay and that that's also another horror comedy so definitely nice yeah. you know because when we put the list together like i i looked i looked at this movie at the trailer and i when i was done watching the trailer yeah you can see there's like some comedic moments like within the trailer but i felt like okay this it, it is gory yeah i can tell just from the trailer like there is there is a lot yeah. of gore I did say like I did pass it up, but now like hearing after what you said, like I'm curious to know what this film is like, and if I do like it, I, I feel like I will. I would like to see the next one just to, to see like the, the compare the two. Now, are they the same directors for the both of them? Yeah, yeah, I think so. Okay, um, that should be fun then. Yeah, the also the um, <clears throat> in the sequel, it's I won't give too much away from it, but it's like kind of like. A different group of undead versus another group of undead. So. Yeah. Okay. All right. Nice. Yeah. So there's like some some territorial like boundaries that are being imposed. Yeah. Who yeah. cool gets the trinket this time? Yeah. That's cool, man. That's cool. Like I said, yeah. I looked at the trailer and I was like, um, it, this might be a little bit too gory for me, you know, um, which is like why I probably left a little bit like that when I watched Planet Terror. But it's good to know that uh, that it's a good it's a good it's a good selection. So yeah, definitely, man. I think you you dig it. Sweet, sweet. How old, like when did this movie come out? Uh, 2009. 2009. Okay, so a little yeah. bit later. Nice. Uh, all right. And that was your number, what number three. was that? Number three. All right, here we go. Number three for me. You know, since you mentioned this is a, uh, what'd you say? An, 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 like uh, it was our first international, like. Yeah. International. I think I might be the second one because I believe this movie was filmed in New Zealand and it's a New Zealand film. This is called, oh, yeah, yeah. This is called Black Sheep. Wait, is this your number two? Number two. Uh, oh, sorry. Yeah, my number two. Because I okay. talk about Boba Hutt. Yeah, my bad. Number two. Uh, this uh, is Black yeah. Sheep. And uh, I'll be honest. When I picked this, I'm like, okay, this. You know, I think I know what I'm getting getting into. Um, <laughs> it's crazy. But I will say this. This was the last film that I saw out of my five, and I was really happy that this was my last film that I saw. Because, like, like I said, there was kind of a somewhat of a shitty week but it was just you know maybe the weather had to do something with that but i really i really enjoy this movie i laughed out loud multiple times in this movie <laughs> and like this movie i would say is perhaps i would say it's probably as gory if not even more gory or gorier than uh planet terror mm -hmm. and um but it's done in a very it's done in a very exaggerated way where it's not meant to shock you it's really meant to like make you laugh in my opinion yeah um, but just to give you a synopsis uh sheep fearing henry returns to his brother's new zealand farm hoping his sibling will buy out his share of the property however what he finds are genetically altered sheep that prey on humans and turn their victims into undead woolly killers sheer madness ensues as henry an animal act an animal rights activist and a farmhand set out to stop the rampaging animals. So basically, like the the older brother is running is running this farm, but he's kind of Frankensteining like these sheep because he feels like it's going to be very profitable. But the younger brother uh, Henry, he had there was like an accident that happened early in the movie, and I think they they lose their dad. 
Yeah. But he was also traumatized because his brother tricked him into like going to the farm and he scares him by putting on um, like one of the sheep's wool and he like terrifies him. So he's like traumatized. And like years later, he's like deals, still dealing with that trauma. Like he's he's afraid of the sheep when he goes back to the farm. Like he's he has anxiety issues. He's, he mentions that he's been in therapy. So here we have someone who's like already afraid just stepping out of the farm. And like it says in the synopsis, like these Frankenstein sheep, basically what happens is like when some, when the sheep like encounters like a human and bites them, it pretty much infects them and they start to turn into sheep. Uh, like there's that one guy who like manages the farm. I think his name is Taka or Taka. Yeah. And like it bit through the boot. And then like later on in the movie, he like, he's like, oh man, like my, my foot's just like, you know, bother me. And he takes off his boot and he's got like this hoof now. Like, his <laughs> the yeah. hoof. And he's like, oh man, we got to get to the farm now. Like we got to figure out what's going on. And uh, so, yeah, so it's, it's obviously a very, uh, it's, it's ridiculous in the idea, but it's, it's done very well. It, it's very funny to me, um, you know, getting, and, and then for example, like, later on in the film they do find a way to like turn them back into humans so it's kind yeah. of interesting the correlation between like planet terror and this movie but um so they they do find a solution to do that and the, you can see like near the end of the film they do that with a specific character <laughs> who who turns early on in the film and uh so i thought that, that that's an interesting surprise um and this movie <laughs> i know i mentioned this in like the other <laughs> podcast but like you know, like, like a killer clowns amount of space, uh, army of darkness. There's always like this one explosion that always makes me laugh. And in this movie, you will not be let down by like one of the <laughs> best explosions that I've seen in a horror movie yet. I laughed my ass off at this part and I don't want to give it away because I don't want to ruin it for anybody. Um, but that was by far what made the movie for me. Like just that scene alone, like it just, it really brought me to like laugh out loud laughter and, um, a very good surprise uh like near near the end of the film uh there was also a scene where like the older brother oh, it's, it's it's weird like i think at one point he actually tries to mate with like the main sheep. yeah so yeah. and then like you know he goes through like some altercation between his brother where he gets like hurt and everything and he goes back to like this flock of sheep and he's like bloody and like hurt and naked and basically the sheep turn on him and one of the ways <laughs> that they get him is by one of the sheep actually like bites onto his appendage and like it's over for him after that. But uh, I just thought that was a really funny way to like go down in flames, so to speak. Um, but interesting enough, like there are some uh, some references, like some biblical references, like very early on in the film when you meet Henry as he's older, he's in a taxi. And one of the first things you see is like the Jesus symbol, like the Jesus fish symbol. Yeah. And then later on, like when, this is like uh, when the brothers revealing like the sheep and like there's like investors there and that's like when the whole like stampede of sheep come over the hill and yep. they're attacking the people. There's one guy who like grabs his Bible and he's like reading and he's reading his passage, which I'm somewhat familiar with, but it's basically talking about the fact when like the rapture's coming and like only a certain amount of people get selected. Mm -hmm. And if and like if anyone knows, like, you know, in the Bible, like sheep we were as humans, like we're referred to as sheep. So like, Hey, we're like, we're not really smart humans. We kind of do our own path. We lose our path. We need a shepherd and so forth. So the correlation between like human being referred to as sheep and the sheep themselves are kind of in alignment here, which is, uh, which is a fun concept to play with. Mm -hmm. But this guy believes that like, he's 
about to experience the rapture and like <laughs> at point, he's about to be eaten and like he actually welcomes the death which i think is a like a criticism to like some people who kind of want that to happen mm-hmm. uh, and i don't want to get like too like religious on this or kind of like biblical but it is it was interesting to see that and the reason why i bring that up is because the opposite of that or kind of an alternative to that is the the lead female is kind of like this tree hugger she like wants to bring down the farm like <laughs> uh, yeah so like yeah. she's very like spiritual in the sense of like you know she tries to guide henry who has this anxiety and she's like you know what why don't you pretend you're a tree and then like the, you're taking all the energy from the tree and it's going into your chakra this chakra that so like it's a very it's it's a very opposing view on like spirituality so mm-hmm. you have like these two belief systems that are kind of playing against each other and i think that that was a that was obviously intentional and i'm, I'm curious as to like what the reason for that was because you know here you have the guy who's like dying from a death like the death of a sheep being bitten but he thinks he's like experiencing the rapture and about to be taken into heaven and then you have this other lady who's like saying like you know hey you're like you're a tree and like you're you know the chakras are helping you and like she helps him out of this anxiety so it is interesting to kind of see one win over the other so there's mm-hmm. like a critique there and um so yeah so I, I i mean it was just it was a really fun movie and also you have to pay attention to like what's being said there's some things that are dropped that are foreshadowed in the film um that i think really play out later in the end especially like at the end of the film uh so like definitely pay attention to what um what what you're being taught so to speak from like the lead female character um who like criticizes like what's happening on the farm but she's also very knowledgeable about things and so like mm-hmm. she gives some inf- interesting information that helps the lead character in a sense uh, become the hero of the movie so two thumbs up on this movie <laughs> big surprise honestly like this is the biggest surprise out of all my films and i'm so happy that like i finally saw this, <laughs> that I saw this movie. and then like it was like my last movie to watch so do not pass this up i think you'll you'll thoroughly enjoy it uh there's definitely some some gore like i said but it's fun it's like a fun slapstick gore and um just fun just really fun uh in general so definitely don't pass it up yeah um i'll add one thing is I when I first saw it too it blew my mind I thought it was you know it was a lot better than I thought it was gonna be and um, just spoilers there's some monstrous sheep in this like size wise <laughs> yeah in the movie so oh yeah, yeah. that's uh that's something that always sticks with me but uh, yeah. that's awesome man that you know number two right yeah that was number two man number two. all right so um, <clears throat> my number two is kind of a you know, uh, below uh, the radar, dark comedy. Um, you know, it's probably more referred to as an action comedy, but it has a lot of horror elements to me of a sl- kind of like a mystery thriller slasher uh, elements from horror in it, um, which is Hot Fuzz uh, from 2007. Oh. So <clears throat> Hot Fuzz was one that I, I think I substituted in um, into my list because it uh it's part of that um i think it's a trilogy that edgar wright the director uh which he refers to as the three cornetto trilogy yeah uh, which i don't know if you're familiar with it or not um, the cornetto like yeah the, it's a it's a ice cream right yeah it's Isn't ice it? cream so yeah. it's this is the second installment in this trilogy <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> without saying much else um it's it's super duper funny and i will read a little bit you know the the you know kind of the synopsis of the plot a little bit 
um, which is basically uh, Officer Nick Nicholas Angel is a high achieving officer of the London uh, Metropolitan Police. He's promoted to sergeant, but his jealous colleagues arrange for him to be reassigned to a small rural town in Sanford, Gloucestershire. That was difficult to say. A uh, regular Village of the Year Award winner. And Angel is soon frustrated by his lazy, incompetent colleagues. His partner, PC Danny Butterman, is a fan of buddy cop films and the son of Inspector Frank Butterman, Angel's superior and member of the Sanford Neighborhood Watch Alliance, the NWA. Get it? NWA. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, but, you know, soon after he gets there, he starts to see that things aren't as they seem, right? Mm. So, um, <laughs> dude, this movie is, after watching it again, and I've seen it probably a, more than a couple times, my wife's like, you have to watch that movie every year. Like, at some point every year you watch that movie, I'm like, it's funny, man. I can't help it. Yeah. Um, it's There's literally moments in the movie spoilers um this movie's 13 years old came out in 2007 so again if you haven't seen it see it uh if you're a fan of you know dark comedies you know definitely check it out it's um <laughs> after watching it more than once there's literally moments like maybe 15 minutes into the movie where they're basically telling you already like like what's going on like <laughs> one of the actors in this film is uh, Timothy Dalton. He's famous for being one of the James Bonds uh, back in the day. Um, <laughs> there's a scene where he's, he meets, you know, uh, Chris Angel, you know, the cop, or Nicholas Angel. I'm sorry, why did I say Chris Angel, the magician? <laughs> Nicholas <laughs> Angel, <laughs> get, you know, he meets him, he sees him jogging in town, and he runs up next to him and he says, Hey, you must be the new sergeant in town. He's like, I'm a slasher. Right, he said uh, literally says that to him, and he's like, "What? Excuse me?" He's like, "Yeah, did you hear me? I'm I'm the slasher," and he and he's like, "What?" And then he's like, "Yeah, I slash prices because I run the <laughs> market in town, but he's one of the people killing people." So yeah. later on, you find out that in this town, there's kind of like the NWA is kind of like a little cult in that uh -huh. town, and they're like they'll do anything, and I mean anything, kill anyone that gets in their way of that town winning the award for being the best village of the year. So <laughs> as soon as, you know, um, Simon Pegg's character, which is Chris Angel, gets to the town, he starts, like, people, he starts seeing weird stuff happen, and, you know, just, like, people start dro dropping like flies, like, one after another, one dies, and another dies, and another dies. And yeah. you start seeing this black-hooded figure running, like, running from the scene or showing up in the scenes in the movie. And he's the one that's killing these people, but they don't show you the face of that person. Oh, okay. And, um, yeah, you, like I said, you don't really realize that it's kind of a dark horror comedy until after a few scenes. And that, Okay. It, it, it takes a while to get that. Um, I don't know if you've ever seen it or not. I've um, not seen it, no. Yeah, definitely watch it, dude. It, it'll, it, it, it's really good. Um, and, like, Simon Pegg's character, after watching this again, he's like that annoying dude that corrects everyone like everyone oh, yeah. knows someone like that and i you know i apologize to anyone that's listening if i'm that person and i hope that i'm not that person because that shit is hilarious in the movie <laughs> to me <laughs> he's like like someone's um doing a like a crossword puzzle and uh they say he's like oh she's like uh, a fascist like she's doing a crossword puzzle he's he, she's like seven across he's like actually it's fascism <laughs> like you know <laughs> 
I feel like he's I feel like he's like the perfect like he has like that the perfect delivery to be that person. Yeah, and then there's another scene where um Nick Frost's character, um, who's the Danny Butterman, you know, his buddy, his partner, um, he's like he's introducing him around the station and he's like, Oh yeah, this is uh so and so. She's a you know, the policewoman uh in the in the office. And, he, and then he's like, she's a police officer. The, the fact that she's a woman has nothing to do with it. <laughs> he just tells her. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I can see him saying that, yeah. There's another scene where there's an accident. He's like, we don't call it accidents anymore. We call them, um, you know, traffic collisions. <laughs> traffic collisions. <laughs> and he's just like, throughout the movie, he's saying stuff like that. And he's like, another one is like, um, he's telling his, his ex that he got re- reassigned to another town. And, and she's like, well, you know, what do you expect? You're married. You were married to the force. He's like, we actually don't call it the force anymore. They, people found it too aggressive, so we just call it the service. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, it, it's hilarious, dude. And you know, it's it's you know, it's um, Nick Frost's character also in that movie is funny because he's like your typical small town policeman. Like mm. he's portrayed in the movies, he's just he wants more action. And there's never any action. Like oh, he's, okay, yeah. He's a fan of like like Point Break with like Keanu Reeves and you know, Patrick Swayze, and he's a fan of like Bad Boys. So he's like yeah. telling uh, Nick Angel, "Have you ever seen those movies?" He's like, "What?" And then he shows them those movies. Yeah. And then there's scenes in there where they like reenact them, like oh, in the gosh. movie. So it's yeah. hilarious. And then, um, you know, there's the memorable scene. I will say is there's a scene where they're jumping fences similar yes. to another movie where they're together and in this one uh one of them is more successful than he was previously <laughs> yeah and then nick frost just kind of like he tries to follow him and jump the fence and he just goes right through it so <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, it's really good dude it's it's yeah and you know you know without getting too much into it you know the the killer in the movie is not just one killer so that's all i'll say Oh, okay, okay. But it's definitely, dude. It's number two on my list. It's like if you're watching, you know, dark, you know, horror uh, comedies, you know, in the 2000s, this is one that you should check out. Because looking at it like face value, you'll think it's like an action movie, but really, it's, there's more there. Like there's more there. Surface. So yeah. It's definitely something worth checking out, man. Hot Fuzz, uh, 2007. Nice. Um, and I'll say, yeah, that's my number two. Nice. I mean, I think I think it's been a nice flow today because I feel like the transitions you've given me has just let I me mean, you you picked Hot Fuzz, and now mine it was a great lead-in to like my number one film, which yeah. is Shaun of the Dead, another uh, Edgar Wright film, and this is the first I believe this is the first installment of the Cornetto trilogy, correct? Yep. yep. So, and it's interesting when you when I saw because I watched a couple of YouTube videos of um, Shaun of the Dead as far as like, hey, here are some details you missed, or here are some interesting connections i didn't know that this was like a trilogy uh yeah. a part of a trilogy and when i when uh when i saw hot fuzz i was like oh okay like to me the first thing i thought was like oh that's the action film you know because mm-hmm. that's how i remember the trailer but it and then when you told when you mentioned it was like you on your list i'm like what like i had no idea this was like a, a horror film so now i even i, I see i want to see it even more because i think we have to agree that edgar wright is just uh, just a phenomenal movie maker like just yeah, a phenomenal he's... filmmaker i feel like i can talk about like his films like in just in one whole podcast like i feel like you can just talk about Shaun of the dead one podcast and then each film deserves its own podcast hey there's so sounds, much yeah 
there there's, there's so much in these films. There's so much references. There's so much clever writing. There's so much foreshadowing. There's so much given to you that when you cinematography like, too is just cinematography, like the information that he frames inside, you know, each each scene. Like there's information there, and the beauty of filmmaking is 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 like you get to rewatch these films and you see mm -hmm. that happening. The thing is, is that you you watch it the first time and you don't catch all the stuff. You have to rewatch the stuff over and over to catch this. Um, so if you haven't watched Shaun of the Dead, uh, a quick synopsis for everyone out there. So Sean is a 30-something loser with a dull, easy existence. When he's not working at the electronics store, he lives with his disheveled best friend, Ed, in a small flat in the outskirts of London. The only unpredictable element in his life is his girlfriend, Liz, who wishes desperately for Sean to grow up and be a man. When the town is inexplicably overrun with zombies, Sean must rise to the occasion and protect both Liz and his mother. So, like I mentioned before, <clears throat> This is Edgar Wright. So if, you know, I mean, this guy like pull, pulls in so many references from, um, who's the guy who did Night of the Living Dead? Is it Romero? George, George Romero, yeah. So like, there's a lot of references to that. I can't I mm -hmm. can't go into all of them because like, I don't know a lot of those films, but I did, if you ever watch, like uh, if you go on YouTube, you'll you'll find some really good videos on like Shaun of the Dead and the references. And there's just tons of movie references. There's tons of other musical references. Is to me this movie out of all the five is perhaps the most intentional and I only say that because I know more of it through like YouTube and so, so mm -hmm. forth. but this movie is one comedic genius and it just blends comedy and horror and like the greatest balance out of like all the five films that I've seen um, and so like you just have to watch this film you have there's so much that is being given to you uh, i'll just list a few funny uh, moments one of the uh, one of the greatest things about this movie that i like is there's just great comedic timing within the editing and with also like the timing of like events for example when sean and ed um like they notice that there's a girl in the in their yard they approach her and they're like they're looking at her and like she's she has like this very like lifeless look on her and she's not attacking them, but she's kind of getting close to them. And then Sean's like, oh yeah, yeah, she's just drunk. Like, <laughs> like he has, they have- and, She's and that's, so drunk. He's so drunk and he's like, oh yeah, yeah, check. Yeah. So they're like laughing. And that's that's a really, that's, that's a really interesting um, uh, perspective because I think what happened, the way that Edgar Wright splits this movie is there's, the time before the zombie zombie outbreak and the time after mm -hmm. and you see sean what before it and then you see a different sean after that and so here we kind of see like the current sean where liz is like hey you need to grow up you need, you need to plan in life you need to get you need to start your life out type of thing and he's just him and his friend are just completely oblivious that like there's a zombie in their backyard mm -hmm. and um this plays out even more like it's really played out in the scene where like so just to fast forward a bit, Sean, uh, <laughs> Sean is supposed to get like make these dinner plans with his with his girlfriend Liz, and he drops <laughs> the ball on that. So he has to like go to her place. He's like pleading, like you know, sorry, like I'll get my stuff together, blah 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 blah. Well, she ends up breaking up with them, and so that breaks his heart, obviously. And so during this time, he kind of notices that things are kind of weird around the town, but he doesn't kind he doesn't like investigate. Put two and two together. He yeah. doesn't put the two and two together. And um, 
And basically, like, he has this morning routine. And you see that morning routine before the zombie outbreak. Well, you know, here we are, broken up with. He even writes this, like, thing. He writes this thing on this, like, uh, white eraser board. It's like, sort your life out. And then, boom, the next day happens. Well, he has the same morning routine, gets ready for his boring job. And he goes to his bodega or, like, the shop. And you can see that no one's there. But as he's walking, he's still oblivious to what's happening around him. You see zombies walking around. There's like a car that he passed by the day before, which like someone was washing. But now there's like the, there's a crack in the windshield. Mm -hmm. uh, there's someone that's running like past him that seems like they're like afraid. And he's like completely oblivious to this to the point where like he walks in the shop. He grabs, he opens up the, the refrigerator door, which has blood, like bloody <laughs> hand marks on it. Doesn't yeah. notice it, grabs a, grabs a Diet Coke, puts it back, grabs a regular Coke, and then just continues to like go on about his day, realizes the guy is not there to collect his money, and just grabs leaves. Grabs a Cornetto too. For, uh, oh, look at that, he grabs a Cornetto, <laughs> nice. And so like, I think the, the, the interesting um, thing that we're given is that in, in combination with like how Sean is just pretty much mindless, and this is something I read in Wikipedia, I thought was like really interesting, really interesting. And the fact that how Sean is mindless and oblivious to like his environment and his like current standing, he he is in line with the zombies, meaning like they're as lifeless as he is because he has <laughs> no awareness <laughs> as to like what is happening. Like people are literally like, you know, walking down like lifeless and like he has no, there's no, he's not aware to it at all. And so that that's a very interesting concept, which I believe you can even connect with uh, The Walking Dead, which is at one point, sometimes they refer to themselves as The Walking Dead, like they're human. Yeah. Walking Dead. So th those are some interesting like concepts that are happening, and um, just interrupt you real quick. Like, yeah, no, go ahead. At that same time, you know, there's that he's just oblivious to what's going on around him. There's the people that were doing similar, you know, they're zombies, but they're still doing kind of exactly what they were doing before. Yes, yes. So, like the kid is kicking the soccer ball or something, and right hits, and he hits the curb again, and then like you know like yeah that's it's like he sees a lot of the same thing so maybe that's another you know element oh, yeah. to that no absolutely and one of the thing that this movie has and i'm curious to see if like he i mean it seems like he used that as a, as a technique but there's a lot of recalls and by that or repeats and what i mean by that is like you have the morning routine like when he goes to the shop and everything but uh for example there's another one where uh let's see oh yeah like in the beginning, um, Ed is like this disheveled like uh, roommate, and Sean is being tasked because there's, there's three roommates, and the mm -hmm. other guy, like the other guy, he's like really well, you know, really well kept. He's got like a business job. And he's like, dude, you gotta tell Ed to like close the front door. Like you need to tell him. If not, like he needs to leave. And like Sean's like, oh no, I know he's cool. Just like you know, just give him some opportunity, give him a chance. You know, he's defending him, but he doesn't want to confront his friend, and so when he's approaching him and like he's on the couch like ed is playing like this video game like he has no desire to like put his life together and anything and like sean actually points out to him he's like oh like you know there's a guy on your left because they're playing like a first person shooter game he's like mm -hmm. oh there's a guy on your left reload and <laughs> those exact lines are used once again when they go and like do the hideout at the winchester mm -hmm. and now the roles are reversed so ed um sean has a, a gun in his hand like a live like a live gun and uh, Ed is the one who says those exact lines. And what's interesting about that is that, you know, Sean, before the apocalypse happened, before the zombie outbreak happened, Sean was just not an, an action guy. But now yeah. you have him 
coming up with a plan, being at the Winchester. And at one mm -hmm. point, his tie becomes like a red bandana. So he's like this Rambo hero now. Yeah. And he's like shooting <laughs> zombies. And the same, not instead of doing that in a video game, they're doing it in real life. So there's a very interesting contrast between in action Sean, action Sean. And there's a lot to say about how he gets there. And like, even the even the people that turn into zombies are connected in his life. Like his roommate, Pete, his mom. That's a very hard scene. Like later on the film, yeah. I don't want to spoil that. And um, oh, there was somebody else. Oh, Phil, who is his stepdad. So there's interesting connections to who becomes zombie, to, to who becomes zombies in Sean's life. Yeah. And um, just which is funny. Um, interrupt you real quick. Yeah. Phil playing his stepdad in Shaun of the Dead is actually the chief inspector, same actor, Bill Nighy, who sends him away to, oh, the, to the town. Yeah. So, 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 you know, like I obviously like it, it's to see these all like in, you know, order. as, as, a, as, yeah, as an order or just simply to know them that, that they're in the trilogy and to kind of mm -hmm. see what's happening because uh, just like you mentioned in, in your, uh, in your pick for hot fuzz, there is the fence scene and the fencing comes from Shaun of the Dead. <laughs> Yeah. Which is where Sean's like, what? He's like, well, it's just a couple, just a little bit of an obstacle. We're just gonna like jump over the fence, and then he like he he like he jumps, but he like completely like falls through the fence. And obviously in Hot Fuzz, he, he does a little bit better because I actually saw that clip, which was really, really funny. But I mean, I I can't say enough about this film. If you haven't seen this film, out of all the five movies that I listed, watch this film and then watch it again, and then watch a <laughs> YouTube channel or a YouTube video about like the things that that are referenced. There's like countless references to previous movies countless references to music uh like songs queen was used i think queen two queen tracks were used mm -hmm. one in the winchester which is a bar they visit and then near the end of the film uh which the first line of that song is like just goes to another theme of friendship in this movie that's another thing too there's a there's a really strong friendship between sean and ed and uh you know don't want to spoil anything but definitely a fun yeah very well like done film i mean um this is why my friends and i we believe that film is just like the ultimate art making like this is this is the ultimate form of art because you have dialogue you have cinematography you have like um lighting you have all these things that are happening music and they all tie in together and it's just just an amazing piece of just amazing piece of work so do not pass this up uh and if you've seen it only once or twice definitely worth at least two three more times of watching because there's <laughs> yeah. so much here there's just it, so much there's yeah so much. It, it has really really high rewatch value um i'll say one scene in there that no matter how many times i see it still makes me laugh just as hard as the first time i saw it which is um <laughs> when they're alluding to ed not closing the door and they're both like on the couch after they killed a couple zombies in the backyard and they're watching the news and all of a sudden, they, you know, Sean looks up to his right, and there's like a zombie there, and yeah. he just ah! <laughs> his face when he gets scared on the sofa yeah. and gets up off the couch after seeing that zombie is hilarious, dude. Yeah. It's one of the funniest things ever, and it's all because Ed didn't close the door again. Yeah, exactly. You know? <laughs> so is that is that the guy who like um he looks like he's in a tuxedo? Yeah, he's yeah. like in a tux. Yeah. If you watch that, if you like, if you follow him, he actually is when when we see Sean in the shop to get the the, uh, the morning routine, mm -hmm. he's also looking for a beverage. And when he goes to pay, he's the guy, the guy in the tuxedo is behind Sean. Oh wow! And then when and then after the zombie 
uh, outbreak happens, Sean is walking back to his apartment and right near the sidewalk, it's the same guy in the tuxedo, oh, which is okay. why it leads him into the apartment. <laughs> and then as soon as, yeah, then as soon as like, as soon as Ed uh, like takes him out, uh, Sean is like, I'm going to close the front door. <laughs> He's like, I'm going to lock the front door. Oh man. And to me, that's like the first, that's the first time I believe Sean like shows like some action. Like there's a yeah. change happening, you know, that's like, that was really interesting. So I can't say enough about this film. And so I, I can gush uh, about it all day. We'll revisit that trilogy at some point once you yes. see it. Yes. Um, so my number one dude is uh, Zombieland. Nice. So, I love that. You know, film. it's definitely, um, you know, it's in a different category um, as far as it's, it's like Shaun of the Dead. It's a zombie film. It's a comedy, um, but it's also got a different flavor than Edgar Wright. So it's like, yes. you know, Ruben Fleischer is a director. This came out in 2009. Um, I'll read a little bit of the plot, you know, which was, you know, basically uh, Jesse Eisenberg's character who's Columbus, you know, he's, he's making his way from his dorm room in Austin, Texas after the zombie outbreak apocalypse to see if his parents are still alive. He meets Tallahassee on the way, which is played by Woody Harrelson who's another survivor um, and you know they meet another couple survivors on their way you know because he said he would give them a ride east and you know that's kind of where the plot kind of you know goes in a couple of different ways after after he meets Woody Harrelson um, the main plot is you know basically uh, you know a mad cow disease mutated into one person that made a mad person disease which overran the United States and then you know, turned every, all the Americans into vicious zombies and, you know, spread across the world. So there you have it. That's zombie land. Um, the funniest thing, dude, in this movie is <laughs> just there's great cinematography in it as well. Uh, there's great use of things that you sometimes only see at the intro of movies, which is uh, title cards where where you see mm, um, Columbus's yes. character in the in the movie has these rules that he lives by. That's and, right. You know, like some of his rules are, you know, like rule number one, and you got to have cardio. If you're in zombie land, you got to be able to run from zombies, right? And they show that at the beginning, like right when the movie's starting, like this fat guy's running on a football field and he gets chased down by zombies. He's like, oh, yeah. poor. He says something like that, poor fat bastard, and he gets eaten by zombies. And he's like, rule number two is a double tap. Like, you know, just when you shoot a zombie once, make sure they're dead, shoot them again. Yeah. So that's like rule number two. Rule number three is like, beware of bathrooms, you know, because like, <laughs> He's got IBS, so he's scared to go to the bathrooms and stuff, yeah. um, you know, and you see these things physically showing up on the screen, mm -hmm. like throughout the movie. So it's not just like, you know, you know, he's saying these things, they show up in the way they fall off or the way they break apart. Like, yeah, <laughs> like there's one scene after he meets uh, Tallahassee and, you know, they see a hostess truck on the side of the road and he's like. You know what is like rule number 18 limber up so he's like hold on i'll be down there one second he grabs his gun and he's starting to stretch and shit that's right and then <laughs> jesse eisenberg stretching and then and then tally has he looks at him he's like you know what i don't believe in it he's like why and he's like you ever see a lion you know limber up before it goes out and gets a gazelle yeah <laughs> and says, yeah and he just kind of thinks about it and it's like <laughs> so tallahassee's character is obsessed with finding twinkies in the apocalypse and you know it, it's funny man it's just there's so much so much in this film that's funny from the way they use um you know jesse eisenberg's character to kind of relay how to survive during mm. the apocalypse 
yeah to how you know they use um woody harrelson's character to try to like describe like you know yeah things have gone to shit but you still got to enjoy it yeah right. what you can when you can yeah and then you know um emma stone who plays wichita and uh, abigail breslin who plays uh, little rock just the way they use uh what they were doing before to kind of still try to get ahead now so it's like it's really funny man uh <laughs> There's so much. There's so much. I, I, you know, if you've never seen this movie, I mean, there's a sequel. I think that just came out last year. Yes. Uh, finally, double. I think it's called Double Tap too. Um, and it's it was something that a lot of people um, <clears throat> were wanting for a long time. Yeah. It and it, it got so popular to the point where Amazon tried to make a TV show based oh. on Zombieland. They even filmed the pilot, and it was really bad. Because oh, it, it didn't have any bad. of the same actors and it didn't no. have the director. So, you know, yeah, just like an episode I just recorded of the pod where we talk about horrible sequels. Sometimes yeah. that's one of the fallbacks. You have to have either the main star from the original cast or, right. you know, the original creator or your sequel is going to be in trouble. If, yeah. if not, I mean, you might get lucky in there. Sometimes right. there's, you know, rare occasions where that works. But um but yeah, dude, like the rules are just probably one of the funniest things about this movie. Um, mm-hmm. You know, the way they show them, like, uh, you know, there's one where it's, I think the seatbelt one where he's like, you know, rule number four, wear your seatbelt. Oh, and right. It's like he's getting attacked by a zombie and he's in the back seat, and then he hits the brakes hard and the zombie flies out the windshield. Yes. So it's yeah. like, it's hilarious, dude. Um, and then, <laughs> and they, when, you know they get they get taken advantage of by you know uh, Wichita and Little Rock you know yes. throughout the movie and it happens to them twice, basically. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> they get them twice. Twice, you know, they get their stuff stolen from them. You know, and the yeah. second time, you know, they just like you know they stake together and then they ride west to Pacific Playland, which is like you know spoilers the the um, National Lampoon's moment in the movie where you know uh-huh. they're gonna go west to a theme park you know right. so it's kind of like a harkens back to that um and it's <laughs> the on their way there they decide you know they need a rest and they get to like la and hollywood and you know they they go to where all the stars live and they're just kind of all the banter all the dialogue yeah um you know referencing oh i would have thought tom cruise lived in a nicer area and you know they're right. like driving all these mansions and yeah um you know <laughs> woody harrelson's like no we're gonna go to the tippy top we're gonna we're going to go to this place and they get to Bill Murray's house and they don't know it's Bill Murray's house until they get inside. And yeah, <laughs> it's just spoilers. Uh, <laughs> Columbus is showing <laughs> little rock uh, ghostbusters. Cause she doesn't know who Bill Murray is. And he's like, you know, that's, that's the meta moment in the movie. Right. Mm-hmm. So this is my number one pick for, you know, horror comedies in the two thousands. And the meta moment is that ghostbusters, is playing in the movie which yeah. is like the godfather of those that genre to me exactly yeah so and then they have bill murray in the movie <laughs> and he shows up and you know he's like there's a scene where there's an exchange between a woody harrelson and um emma stone and bill murray where um emma stone references the way that bill murray looks she's like wow you look kind of crazy and he's like oh yeah i just learned this one of one of my effects buddies you know He's like, yeah. this is like black licorice and this is berries and stuff on his face. And and she's like, you look kind of like uh, Eddie Van Halen. And Bill Murray's like, oh, you know what? I just seen him at the Hollywood Bowl last week. 
And she's like, oh, really? How is it? He's like, he's a zombie. <laughs> so it's just like, he's a zombie. Yeah. normal talking, like, yeah, he's a zombie. Right. So, and um, so then they're they're all hanging out, talking and everything. And, you know, they're at the same time, you know, Jesse Eisenberg and Abigail Breslin's character, Columbus and Little Rock, they're watching Ghostbusters. And so they cut back and... <laughs> and they tell him that Columbus is the scary one so he goes and puts on his wig like to go scare them and right. he gets into the theater like acting like he's a zombie and Columbus <laughs> Columbus gets up scared and shoots him so, oh my gosh <laughs> I'll say I'll leave it at that um that that movie dude has everything going for it it has cinematography it has great writing it has good comedy um, if you've never seen one of Ruben Fleischer's other comedies, uh, there's one called 30 Minutes or Less with Aziz Ansari and Jesse Eisenberg. So it's also has has those elements in it. Um, it has everything that you would want in one of these films in that genre. So. Nice. Nice. I, I have seen Zombieland and it is it is one of my favorite films. And I think when we, when we were putting the list together, you put that on there. I was like, oh, nice. Like, I know I didn't I didn't want to see it again because I know I, I liked it. I enjoyed it. I wanted to see something new. Mm-hmm. Um, but I definitely agree. It's it's a fun film. It's I, I believe Jesse Eisenberg's character. He's like neurotic, but it helps him because, like you said, yep. like he understands the the benefit of wearing a seatbelt because if there's a zombie in the back, like it's gonna you know pretty much project. He's gonna become a projectile once he hits the brakes. Mm-hmm. He's got all the like he he that it fits him. Like that's the kind of person that he is. You know, he's kind of like this quirky, kind of not so confident kind of guy. Yep. And have the opposite which is Tallahassee who's like this rugged dude who like is straight shooter and he pretty much takes you know Jesse is it Columbus that's his character's name yeah he pretty much takes him under his wing so like they're learning from each other uh and I do like the fact that the quirky thing about Tallahassee is that his love for Twinkies because there yeah. is a scene later in the movie where like he does buy some Twinkies, but they've been damaged. <laughs> yeah. And like, there's a big, that happens between him and Columbus. And like, there's like this kind of a, an apology, but uh, fun movie. I have not seen part two though. So I'm, I'm very curious to see what, what, uh, what's in store with part two. It's, I heard it got good. really good reception. So yeah, it's good. You'll like nice. it. Nice. Definitely. Um, yeah. It's, it's one of the few, uh, I think that has a sequel right yeah i mean i i mean i know we talked about like uh sean and dead and, and uh, hot fuzz i mean technically they don't have the same name but they're 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 tied together but right right it's just more of a like cinematic tie rather than like a story tie but yeah it mm-hmm. is i'm like i said it's uh, it's unfortunate they could make the, the show like come through but like you said if certain factors aren't in play like it's pretty hard to get that stuff off the ground to make sense you know yeah, and it's and it's you know also you know without getting too serious because it is a comedy there is an element there of preparation in life like in the movie of Zombieland so there's like you know dude if you're not doing cardio you might run into trouble like <laughs> later on you know yeah doing things that require activity um, you know yeah. beware of bathrooms like. Uh, nowadays yeah you gotta wash your hands dude like <laughs> beware you know it's like it's yeah. like all the rules are kind of normal things that people should live by anyway right so you know it's yeah it's it's pretty funny man and you know like the the other big thing in there is um woody harrelson's you know his thing which later 
uh, Columbus adds to his list, which is enjoy the little things, is is something in life that a lot of people, you know, forget to do sometimes. Yeah. yeah. You know, we're always so busy. We're always focused. We always have these priorities. There's all these things going on in our lives that we always have to do. But, yeah. you know, you have to five minutes, 10 minutes, take a step back and enjoy those little things, yeah. the smallest yeah. things, you know, and that and that is, you know, kind of something profound that you would never think about in this movie like yeah. later on and it's it's you know something that uh, definitely you know it, it goes through the movie you enjoying it you know with them so their little journey that they go through and uh yeah that's that's, that's the number one on my list for the the 2000s man nice it's interesting that we both have like these movies where like the comedy horror but they have like these i feel like deep deeply rooted like strong message messages like for the viewer I like in Sean, he's like, he doesn't have his life put together. He needs to take some action in his life. Like he's going to lose this girl that cares about him, that he cares about her. But she's just like, I'm willing to like move on if you don't, if you don't shape up, like I'm going to ship yeah. out. And then, yeah, you have, um, you know, the, the dynamic between Jesse Eisenberg, Columbus and then Tallahassee where like, yeah, because there is, a, I believe Tallahassee makes a reference to his daughter which I believe his there's son, a back yeah. or oh, son. Sorry. Yeah. Um, so you do get a backstory about that. Like there's some sentimental, like yeah. uh, there's an emotional investment in like survival at this point. And so that's what he's learning from. So uh, I find it interesting that we have like the, our number one sit at like, yeah, they're very well put, like they're really well done, but there's also like these other messages. It's not just like taking out zombies, you know, yeah. and trying to survive. Like you're not watching an episode of walking dead in my opinion. You're watching a, a well thought out message, multiple messages, really, uh, like taught or like presented through the through the genre. So very fun, very cool. Yeah, man. And that uh, I think that wraps up the two thousands. Wow, that was a that was a that was a good amount of films there, man. That was a good selection. So hopefully, listeners can like pick up a few and check those out. Yeah. So, uh, are we gonna do twenty ten? <laughs> I don't know, man. It's a good question. I feel, I'll be honest, like, I, I, I know, like, we, I said, hey, there's some really good stuff here, but I feel like as the decades have gone on, I feel like I've enjoyed the older stuff, like 80s and 90s more, to be honest. More, yeah. I mean, like, you know, you have Edgar, Edgar Wright, who's like put some pretty good stuff together, but not everyone is doing what he's doing. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. And so, like, um, I feel like the 80s and 90s, I feel like I enjoy that a bit more. Maybe because I just picked Scary Movie 2. Maybe it's just still a bad taste in my mouth. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> and here's what's, uh, here's what's interesting about that in the film in the credits um there's like four writers for this film but in imdb there's like 12 to 13 people that are credited to writing this film i'm like okay well there's too many cooks in the kitchen no wonder you have like these ideas that are just like crazy they're not really connected so i was like ah that makes sense so i mean that's probably why um scary movie 2 wasn't that great and something else that i found out um the first two were done by the Waynes brothers. And then he moved on. I think it was Marlon Wayne, Marlon Waynes. He mm -hmm. moved on. They left, they left that franchise. And he actually made fun of like the movies after that, saying that like, oh, like the movies lost their quality after part two. I'm like, well, you know, I'd question that. Yeah. I would question that. <laughs> so I haven't seen uh, part three and four, but if like, this is like, if part two is like any, like if that's the bar, then, oh my gosh, like I'm, not really looking forward to the other parts. Yeah. No, I mean, you know what? Like, to be honest with you, um, they're the the two thousands. They're you know 
we got a good solid 10 flicks in there um there's a couple of like films that you know like cursed uh, with christina ricci and actually jesse eisenberg's in that too oh nice um okay. you know club dread was one of the movies that i was originally gonna do that i'm sorry man as much as i love you know broken lizard comedy group man i just could not um get into that one again i try to like it as much as i could but that was you know probably one that uh, just wasn't good enough i think um you know cursed isn't bad um but there's not much I, th- I feel like to be honest with you towards the end of the decade is when the genre started to pick up again so, oh really okay that's good like you know i think Shaun of the dead what year was that was that 2005 uh, or 2006 i think it's a 2000 yeah like four or six i think it's yeah. uh, uh 2004. 2004 actually yeah 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 that's that's like one of the few ones um but the genre like the 2010s has some really solid ones in there nice okay with you. so that's good to know it's nice that sounds good yeah there's at least some options like i said i have a, a much bigger respect for the genre and i'm really happy to to go out to these unknown waters so to speak yeah. but uh fun stuff man definitely fun stuff I, i've definitely enjoyed going through these decades and like watching I mean, I, gosh, this is the most amount of movies I've seen throughout all of COVID, to be honest. <laughs> but but I'm happy though. Like I'm happy that like I've I've seen some really funny stuff. I've laughed out loud multiple times. I've cringed multiple times. Yeah. But I've also but I've also just kind of I've I've also have an appreciation for it. And yeah. um, like I said, I'm I'm curious to know like what new stuff is coming out. Like I'm curious to see uh, Color Out of Space with Nicolas Cage, um, and then like that movie I mentioned earlier. I have to find the name of it. Uh, the one about the two people who like want to cut off social media and then there's a crazy thing that happens or something like that so yeah so yeah so i'm i'm i i'd have to say that i'm becoming more of a fan of this genre you know i really was not uh open to you know just even months ago um but uh very (laughs) very fun to watch and uh like i said there's a lot of stuff that i feel like is being said or you like this genre is being used to tell to say other things other commentary mm-hmm. and to me that's what's fascinating um because i believe this movie like the Shaun of the dead movie was made somewhat in response to like what had happened after like 9 11. so like you know there's there's even some connections to that so like that's you know that to me is like wow like we're, we're like what can you see from that you know obviously the mm-hmm. country went through like a very uh, hard time there and uh, so yeah, like just in response to like how people are, are responding to in society and like how horror is used as a genre to kind of like gauge like where we're at, like what we're afraid of, you know, what what sort of things are we worried about? So yeah, definitely, very, man. Very neat stuff. So very happy to uh, to once again appear on the podcast and like give you my take. And uh, so good stuff, man. So I gotta I gotta I got some more films to watch, which is great. Dope. Definitely got more films to watch there, buddy. <laughs> that's the end of episode 27 you guys i'd like to say thank you for listening to the no on 15 all cast i uh, hope you guys like it so far uh definitely share it out if you do with your friends and uh tune in next time as we talk the 2010s horror comedies thanks for listening everybody peace out and god bless <laughs>